0: Good morning. This is Elise Bowie with the Maximum Mom podcast. And I am here today with, I mean, she doesn't realize it, but she's probably kind of famous to all of us because we've heard so much about her. Mm -hmm. Some of us have been able to meet her. Others have not. But I know we all have some burning gym questions. So I'm here today with Amani Hacking. Welcome, Amani. Thank you so much. And am I pronouncing your name properly? You and I both have a lot of vowels, so I know sometimes people mess it up.
1: Yep, Mani's perfect.
0: Okay, good. Can you tell us a little bit about your professional background? I mean, I know you've had an interesting career path. Sure, sure, yeah. So
1: Jim and I actually went to law school together and we finished at St. Louis U Law School. We graduated in 1997. I also have my master's in public policy administration from St. Louis U. And then when I finished law school, I went straight to clerking at the Missouri Court of Appeals, which is the um, intermediate court in St. Louis area in the state of Missouri for the Eastern District. And I did that for a couple years. And that was a great job. I got to learn all sorts of things about how judges think and what good (laughs) lawyering looks like, what not good lawyering looks like, and just a lot of good research and analysis and writing and really nice way to start your practice because it was very welcoming and I think almost academic and just sort of an extension of my law school experience. So I really enjoyed that. And then from there, I went on to private practice. I practiced at a couple law firms. I did general civil litigation, commercial litigation, much like Jim did. We both did similar kinds of work in different law firms. And then, then I had, well, I was pregnant with my first child and I was working long, hard, hard hours, as you might imagine, as was Jim. And so we just really had to have a heart to heart about what's What's going to happen here? What's gonna? What are we gonna do? And so I, we made the change. I made the change. We made the change, kind of together, where I would decide to go back to the court of appeals, which was not, of course, as financially lucrative, but it was a lot more time. Right. You know, it was more about time than it was about money. Um, yep. And so it gave me more time. I had a more set schedule at a more set life, and so I went back to the court for several years, and then you know I kind of. I missed stuff, you know, I missed practice, Mm -hmm. I missed students, I missed being in school, I missed lots of things. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Then an opening came up at the St. Louis U where we went to law school at the law clinic and it was my professor and that I really enjoyed and I had a really good working relationship with two of them actually. And it was an opening there and I was like, what are the odds? Let me see. So then in 2007, I went back to St. Louis U law school as a professor, assistant professor in the clinic. And I did that for several years. And of course, I loved that. And then, you know, I had to also think about, you know, I had several kids at that point. My kids were getting older. And then I was like, I like teaching, but do I want to do something else. And then there was an opportunity there. They were downsizing. There's an opportunity for me to leave and start something else. And then I joined gym. And so is, I've been here yeah. ever since. Yeah. So it's not a straight line. And I still I teach a class at WashU. I'm wrapping that up actually this semester, hopefully. But it's not a straight line. And that's okay, even though I always thought
0: it was a straight line. And I, it's hard for me not to think of it as a straight line. So um, I did too. I yeah. I completely thought it was a straight line. But I yeah. think. Having children, at least for me, kind of, it sounds like similar to you, it became a real issue of time. I mean, that calculus of time versus money and time definitely played into it a lot when they were young.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of responsibility, a lot of things that needed to be done. And, you know, there's just, there's a lot on your plate. There's a lot on your there plate. Is. And being a lawyer, it's a huge responsibility. It's an awesome responsibility. And I love it. And I love being a lawyer. But you you know, you gotta be focused, you gotta be trained, you have to know when you can do what and how much is too much and how much is not gonna work. And you know, sometimes my clients are often very similar to my students and very similar to my kids. And I'm like, you know, these are the rules, (laughs) this is how it works. So if you wanna do it that way, okay, we can do it. And if you don't, you might have to find somebody else. It's just might not work. You know, and I get my kids can't do that. But I have said to them, hey, you think somebody else can do a
0: better job? You can go find somebody who wants to do a better job. Go for it. I'd like to meet them. Let me know. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, tell us, tell us about your kids. I know you and Jim have a really big active family. Tell us about your family.
1: Oh yeah. My kids are great. I love my kids. I miss them. They're growing up and it's um, just a different time. It's a different, like you're a different person. So my oldest is 19 and he is second year at San Diego state. So he's really far away from me. You know, of course we're in the middle of the country he's growing up I mean you know you think they're babies and in some ways they are (laughs) in some ways they're not and it's really scary to kind of know like well is this is this the younger one or is this the older (laughs) one am I talking to the adult or am I talking to the kid so you know and they still need you in different ways though and so it's you adjusting your role you adjusting kind of your position so it's been fun to watch him and you know, you just have you have a relationship with them that's a little bit different than it was. You totally. know? But you try to you have to recreate that. You know, yep. oh, um, yeah. and then my second one is you know we just dropped off at college at UVA yeah. last week, and you know he's 17 and he's I don't know he's still my baby to me. You know they're all still right. my babies. So that's you know I'm excited for them. It's exciting. It's new, and I think that uh, you know my mom said something really funny. <laughs> I said, "Mom, she's oh how did you have a nice trip? How was your trip?" And and I said. <laughs> Did you have fun? I said, Mom, I was stressed out. Like I had to get him stuff from Target. I had to get the stuff from from the Amazon. I had to, you know, put the sheets on. I had to do all the stuff. I said, Mom was really stressful. There was a lot going on. She's like, Oh. She just didn't see that. You know, she's like, well, I'm sure he's happy to be away from all of you. (laughs) That's not nice. She said, he has all this freedom now. He has to do what he wants. I said, okay, I guess that's one way to look at it. So I hadn't really thought of it that way. I think in some ways he is happy to have his freedom, but I do think he misses home a little bit. He's a little bit more of a home person, I think, than my older. But I think they're all finding their own adventures and you just, you know, hope and pray that everything... Works out, and you just hope that you did the best you could. That's all you can do. Kind of like when you send your case out into the world, you send your client out into the world. You send your baby out into the world, and you hope that they listen to you, right? Yeah, it's all you can do. I mean, how many times have we sat next to the client and said, "Is that what I told you to say? Is that that what (laughs) we talked about? How do we talk about this issue? Why why did why did because they get so nervous in there? So the only way you'll know is when you end up in that situation. So. You know, I I think they're going to make some mistakes. I think they're going to have to learn more. Again, it might not be a straight line. Um, We'll see. We'll see. And then, of course, I have my two younger ones at home. So I have my 15-year-old son, who is a junior now, and he'll be gone in two years. And then I'll go to college. And hopefully, we'll see. And then my um, baby is 12, my 12-year-old daughter. So she's in seventh grade. So we still, you know, it's different things, different things. But they all grow up
0: pretty fast. It's amazing to me how fast they grow up. I mean, we dropped our youngest at college in July of six. And he is very different, though. He was so ready to go. He's like, I don't need any help. I don't need you to buy me anything. I don't need anything. I got it. I mean, literally, I could not do anything for him. I was just like, can I like, go to Target? He's like, Mom, I've got a car. I'll go to Target. I don't need anything. Like, how, far, how far away is he from you? He's in Michigan and we're in Washington, so quite far. So he drove himself there or you drove him? We both drove. We actually took two vehicles. We took our RV and he took his car. And so because he wanted the car at school and they were allowing him to have it. And so and he's a car junkie. That's a whole nother conversation we could have. So we drove out together. He literally brought himself one suitcase. I mean, he was just. He is a minimalist. I mean, and he just did not want any help. Wow. So yeah, it was very got, like, interesting.
1: I mean, my, my second son was like that, but he wasn't. He wouldn't even commit to like a color for his sheets, right. or, his <laughs> or you know, just like basic things, like for his desk, it was like totally. But, you know, I just ordered it. I'm still on number two. Maybe by number four, I probably won't do anything. I'm sure they just she just shoved me out the door. But I was like, order because I had just done this last year. Like I'm just again. Right. I, <laughs> so, but I do think, and I read some articles about this. There is an adjustment period, I think, for us oh, as parents.
0: A- absolutely. Yeah. Well, like You and I were talking about before we came on, people don't talk about, I don't think, or I don't hear it much about the differences in the family dynamic when each child leaves, how the family dynamic is actually altered and the yeah. people who are still left at home have to adjust And it is, I find it fascinating. And having watched so many kids leave the nest now and watching those dynamics change, and then they change again as the kids learn to communicate and have relationships with each other very separately from the family, you know, where they're like, my kids will get on Zoom and have these like Zoom sibling meetings. And what are they talking about? About what? whatever, just like, that's how they stay connected or oh wow, they'll do like group texts. You know, we have yeah, yeah, different yeah. things it's and it's just fascinating. I find the changing dynamics to be one of the most interesting parts of parenting. And we, of course, now are empty nesters. I mean, unfortunately we are failed empty nesters. I must just put it out there. My husband and I ended up getting two puppies oh, since oh, my son yeah. has
1: left. Nope. No, thank you. <laughs> No, I say that now, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna stick by this. Nope. I've never been a dog person. I don't need any more responsibility. I have plenty right. of responsibility. I like to go whenever and wherever. Right. I'm not be bound by this. No,pe I got enough to do. I love that. I, old, I, I just wish torn. I had your resolve. Well, my oldest son, he was—he would torment me. He would right. go online and find these beautiful pictures of the most beautiful cat you could imagine. Right. every day, and he would print it out in color and leave it on my bed and say, mom, did you see that? And he would name them. This is meow, or this is whatever. He would oh, name them, you know? And I was like, this is unacceptable. You must stop. This is harassment. You know? That is hilarious. I said, when you get your own place, you can have a, however, you can have a dog, a cat, a ferret, whatever you like, but not here.
0: Oh my gosh, oh, we have been a huge pet family. I mean, we yep. had as many as seven pets at a time.
1: Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> well, then that's why you got those puppies at the end. I'm not interested in that.
0: Exactly. We couldn't resist. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, well, that's fun. I mean, I think there's definitely, definitely. A plus Absolutely. Side to it. Yeah.
0: Well, tell us a little bit. I mean, about I mean, your background, I would think, plays into your interest currently in the firm you and Jim run with immigration. I mean, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. You've been coming to America. Yeah. Growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we got lots of stories. I know. Yeah. So I came to America in 1979. And I talk a little bit about my story when I do naturalization um, interviews also when they ask us to speak. So I've done this a few times, but yeah, when we first came to America, I was almost seven years old. I had two older brothers. My dad was already in America. He came first. So he was a doctor. May he rest in peace. He passed away many years ago. He was a doctor and he was actually a surgeon in the United States. And so he was, he came first and kind of needed to pass the boards and and really start over. He basically started, he was, you know, maybe 31, 30, he was early thirties. And already, you know, been practicing as a doctor. He went to England for a while. But the goal, I think, all along is to come to America and start this life with our family. And the funny thing is, when he came first, I think it was much harder than he thought. You know, I mean, thankfully, he cool. was a smart man and he, you know, accomplished and all of that. But it was a struggle. I mean, he had oh, yeah. a big accent. He stood out. His name was different. His religion was different. He was different in lots of ways. He's darker skinned. Mm-hmm. And so things were really a challenge when he came. And my mom was in Egypt, like waiting for the papers. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we're waiting for the papers. We're waiting for the papers. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, my mom's like, I'm sick of waiting. We, <laughs> we need to get this show on the road. And then finally, even once we got the papers, he finally got the papers ready for us to come. He didn't have money for the flights. Oh, there wow. were four of us, so it's yeah, like, oh, gonna come. So my mom and I don't know. I, I think I think partially he wasn't ready for us to come. Like he. Mm-hmm he couldn't afford it. He couldn't, he sure. couldn't even basically support himself. He had a really small apartment. He was, had to do his residency over. I mean, I say he had to start over, but I mean, you know, th- there are very well-educated physicists and PhDs and, and doctors driving cabs in New York and Chicago. Right. I'm so I mean, we're still yeah. fortunate in a lot of ways, but it, to him, it was like, Oh my God, I have to start everything over and do everything right. over and I don't have any money. And I, now I have these three kids and my wife who's literally knocking at the door and so, you know, my mom had to sell her gold and she's still very traumatized about this. She does not like to talk about it because it was such a personal mm-hmm. thing to her. And gold is such a,
0: yeah, something that's
1: passed down. It's something that right. it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't never really intended to be money. It was intended to be part totally. of the family. But anyway, that was a sacrifice she made. So she sold that. And, you know, we all had one little suitcase and we got on this plane. And next thing I knew, I was in Chicago, 1979.
0: Mm-hmm. And what did they
1: have in 1979? They had a blizzard.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: God. And I come from a hot desert climate (laughs) where, you know, 95% of the land is desert. Right. And it's hot. And we get here, and I've never seen a snowflake. We've never seen snow. We didn't have a coat. We didn't even know. I didn't even know what they were talking about. And we were just like, what is this? And my mom, we were all confused. And my mom, for months, for months, she was like, I don't know if we're going to stay here. Like, and I even, you know, I do this visual when I talk to people. Like, you know, I say, imagine every day you come home to a tiny apartment, and the suitcases were large, you know, overseas suitcases. They're sitting by the front door every day. Suitcases. I have to walk by them every day because wow. she wanted to leave, but there's nowhere to put sure. them. And two, she wanted to go back. Like this, this right. is not what we thought, right? So thankfully, the snow melted, and right. we, you know. <laughs> We got through it. Okay. We managed that first year was tough. And, you know, my brothers, my oldest brother started high school. My second brother started middle school and I was, you know, almost seven. I started first grade. So we all got pulled back. Really. We were, thankfully we were ahead in Egypt, but even regardless, my mom insisted that we start back a little bit. So we get the language and so that we're confident. Sure. So She made some really, I think, good decisions early on that really built us uh, and made us uh, strong students, and so yeah. I mean, you know, the, those first few years, they were hard. They were hard. Even just growing up was hard. I don't. I mean, I think my brothers had a harder time adjusting than I did. I was younger. Um, right. And my parents really all they wanted us to do was fit in, like just fit in, just don't right. talk too much. Just you know, I said, "Have you seen me? Have you talked to your daughter?" <laughs> it's very hard to just sort of blend in. It's not like that. But lucky for us. We lived in an environment in Chicago that was very diverse. You know, most of oh, my yeah. friends were from all over the world. So I have friends from all over the world to this day, you know. That's um, amazing. Which is wonderful for me. So, yeah, so I have my yeah. own immigrant story, but most of my friends had their immigrant stories. And right. even if they were U.S. citizens and born in the United States, their parents were not. Most of their par- parents had right. come from another country, whether it's China or Palestine or I mean, wherever it was, they were from all over the place. And so it was amazing for me to see that. So to me, we were all kind of the same, even though we were all totally different. We were all we were immigrant kids or children of immigrants. And, you know, we all wanted to do well. We had to do well because there was no going back. Right. Our parents had high expectations for us. We wanted to succeed. And so that was great to be around people like that. Because, And that's how I thought everybody was. Like we were, right. when you grow up in an environment like that, you just think, old well, is like that. Well, I came to learn later wasn't exactly like that. <laughs> Not but exactly. Lucky, yeah. Lucky for me, though, that that's how it started. You know, of course, and my parents hard working people I know. Right. And so absolutely. So that for me is how it started. But funny, in a funny way, I didn't really think I didn't go to law school to be an immigration lawyer. That's right. not what I thought of at all. I didn't, it, there was a total disconnect until much later and it and, and actually fell in Jim's lap. He didn't go looking for it. It just became what people sought him out for and the need was there. And so it came to Jim first and then it came to me, which is so funny. So it didn't come in a traditional way, Interesting. but it totally makes sense. Yeah, but it yeah. totally makes sense now that you think about it because I was a kid, I don't really remember all of the process. You know, when my kids right. were, when my parents became US citizens, we were under 18 and we became U.S. So that's wonderful, right? But I have kids now that I represent whose parents didn't fill out the paperwork.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, and so, so your parents adopted you for Russia. Then they came to America and then they said, good luck. And they, they, they took care of you. And then you're 18 and you don't have a driver's license. You can't apply for financial aid right. because they didn't do the paperwork. And so every day I'm grateful. My parents did the paperwork, you know, but these kids get punished. Absolutely. They get penalized.
0: Well, don't you think? I mean, and I don't do immigration law, but I would think that doing the paperwork is highly complex. I mean, that it it's gotten, And it's only, yeah. right. it's only gotten more complex. Right. But wait, adopting
1: a kid from another country, that's also complex. You went that far. Yeah. So let's finish the deal. <laughs> you know, like, you know, but I think yeah. for some people, it's so overwhelming to do all of that. And it's amazing what they did the whole process of adopting and bringing someone here and giving oh. them a whole new life. Beautiful, amazing thing. But if you don't do it right all the way, then you have problems. I
0: just just worry so much of the time about immigrants who like your father, who's highly educated, capable. You know what I mean? He's got that just ability to be able to start over and know that, yes, he can do it. Yes, he'll be able to get through this, even Mm -hmm. though it might be really hard. But Mm -hmm. some people who maybe don't have that under their belt, I could think that the immigration process could be just so overwhelming. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what's happened. And because of its complexity, they need us even more.
1: Right. Absolutely. More available. We need to be more of educators about this is what needs to happen. I mean, and that's why we love what we do, because we can take people from point A to to point B or C, because we know what needs to happen next. And we teach them that. And so and yeah, and I I was lucky in a lot of ways uh, and very fortunate. But I'm also fortunate to help people who don't know and didn't have that. Right. Can raise your hand and, and find, you know, a good lawyer who can help you and someone who kind of has that connection, too, which I think makes a big difference.
0: Oh, I think so. it's huge. Well, how do you feel and what do you think about? I mean, what's going on now with all these people coming over from Afghanistan? I would think we're going to have a major influx of, you know, immigration needs with regard to that.
1: Well, I wish there were and I wish there were greater numbers. I don't even think the numbers are going to be as high as they should be. Mm-hmm. I think we've left yeah. so many- behind and they're very stressful cases very stressful situation I mean again so I didn't thankfully for me I didn't have to leave in the middle of a war or you know, right. the end of the war or you know even the revolution you know Egypt had a, a revolution many many right. years after I left so you know those are very scary times you create refugees and you create chaos right. um, and it's a really complicated situation you know I was at a bakery this weekend picking up some treats for some friends and I somebody heard me say something. And, and she asked me, oh, you know, you said that differently, this Arabic word. And she asked me, oh, you know, where are you from? And so we had this little conversation. And then someone behind me said something about Afghanistan. And I said, yeah, you know, it's really complicated. And he said, yeah, well, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be there. We shouldn't have been there. Like, well, you know, you really got to be careful about stuff like that, you know, because yeah. you know, think about Nazis, you know, we stepped in to, to resolve. So there are, there are good reasons why we get in There are good reasons why we get out, but maybe there aren't. And maybe people aren't communicating. People don't know the history, but it is right. complicated. And we need to know why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, unfortunately to be a superpower and watch wrongdoing and not do anything. I don't know that that's the intention. I see why people say that, but it's so much more complicated than
0: that. It's so much more complicated yeah, it's So much more
1: complicated. I
0: think of, I mean, I think it was Martin Luther King. There was a quote about like, it, there's always a good time to do the right thing. Like, you know, you always can do the right thing. And I think about that a lot in our work when we're working with clients. I mean, so many situations I know in immigration, I know for me in family law, there's so many nuances and you can't, in my opinion, it's really hard to judge, you know, like it's hard to put yourself in the circumstances of all the things people have gone through. And I I find my role to really be not judging, but instead doing what I can to educate, help let people know what the law is, what their rights are, what they can and can't do, but really from a place of curiosity rather than judgment.
1: Right. It's very easy to judge. And I don't even know enough about Afghanistan historically and culturally and religiously. There's so many things. So many. Um, Yes. I mean, just the way that we left can't be good. So I think there are going to be a lot of repercussions and I'm thankful that some are making it out. I wish, I wish more could. Right. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I think time will tell. I think we're going to pay a heavy price for this. Um, and I read a famous quote years ago when I was in college and I totally agree with it. Uh, it was a little postcard I saw. It was at Berkeley and we were just visiting and the postcard said, we defend and destroy places we don't understand. And I think that's so true.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: yeah it's a very powerful statement, and I think that's so true. Mm-hmm. We go in, we do things you know we we hope it's right or we we weren't even sure, or we don't go in when we should have gone it's just right. it's just a complicated thing and I was always interested in international policy and international me law too and that's part of the reason I think immigration is attractive to me as well because it involves so many different layers and different things, and the world is not you know our little you know home no. or our little office. The world is so much bigger than that and it so is. I mean we're seeing more I think with the media, I think with you know, all the technology, there's a lot more that we're able to see than we were before. And so it's easier to judge because it looks like right. oh, I would never do that or we should never have found there in the first place or why are we leaving? I mean, I think we need to have intelligent discourse is what we need instead of Absolutely. just judgment and then make up your mind, you know, um, but I don't even feel like I, ha- I, I have enough uh, other than to say it's not as simple as good we left or good we went. You, right. you don't even know. You don't know because they're real people. I do. Those are real people.
0: Oh, very much. And they want the same thing you do. Right. Right. Exactly. And just safety. And obviously I have a son actually in the Marines and I have to say what happened last week. You know, you watch all these Marines be killed and it was pretty disturbing on a variety of levels for me. But the thought that these I mean, children, literally, you know, you talk about your 19 year old son and you look at the ages of these men and women who were killed. And I mean, most of them were 20, 21. You know, these are young, young people that are in there dealing with what's going on in the airport. And I can't imagine the horror of the decisions that are being made on both sides. Like I was pretty just rocked by the whole thought of, I mean, seeing people trying to leave, protect their families, seeing these young people try to decide what's okay, what's not okay, and then to think about what happened. It was really, last week was kind of disturbing for me. It was disturbing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and to have have that personal connection, yeah, I think that's very scary. And, you know, you want to believe that people are doing the right thing with the information that they have, and and doing the next best right thing is what you hope. I do think there's a lot of, there's just a lack of good communication and maybe good planning. And it makes oh. you wonder. like, as a mom, I probably would have planned that out a little better. Yeah. I think I would have had some plans. <laughs> you know, just taking my kid to college. Look at all the things I had to do. Imagine bringing him home, right? Like, what do you have to do? There should
0: be a checklist. There should be something, some communication. There well, and surprise. That brings me to my next question. I mean, thinking of what you do now, don't you do a lot of work around like, running the hacking law firm and the practice from a operational standpoint? Yeah. So it's funny. I wear many hats. Jim
1: does too. I think when you own your own firm and we're wearing many hats, you know, I'm a lawyer by trade and I always think of myself as the lawyer. And it's very hard for me actually that transition from lawyer roll up my sleeve. This guy has a problem. We need to fix this problem to, you know, I am the manager and I am the supervisor and I am the operations head of operations. So I have to have this aerial view, but I also have to be on the ground. And so I'm, Bye. I think I do struggle with that. You know, I'm not, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. The more time I could spend training my lawyers and training my staff the more, and the paralegals and, and, and everyone supporting them, the more time, Right. I can plan and think about the law firm on a higher level. And so, but that's not where I go. I go to the case. I, right. I go directly to the problem, you know, and right. this is a problem with parenting as well, because I go, like my son calls me and says something. Oh, okay, well, we got to call so-and-so. We got to do this. And I'm like, no, we do not have to do anything. And actually I am proud of myself because my oldest son told me it's not funny, but he had his very expensive, prescription glasses on at the beach and apparently the wave came and he oh. to take off and they were gone and he's like texting me what do i do well you have to call the eye doctor so right. <laughs> here's you need to find an eye doctor nearby don't you have replacement glasses okay well good luck please keep me posted i think he thought i was going to ship him 900 glasses or something no, right no so i have to learn that though i have to think about that because i want to just solve the problem totally you know? And it's faster and easier and I'm good at yeah. it. And I want to just do that. But what am I teaching? What am exactly. I exactly? And so I'm sure with, with six kids, my God. And they're all different. They're all so different. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to
0: the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the
1: exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time.
0: As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. I think that is one of the things we did right as parents. Obviously, we did many things wrong, I'm sure. But one thing we did right, I think, was I let go of all of my children's medical, dental, and orthodontic stuff when they were juniors in high school and put it on them. And they had to make appointments. They had to get to and from appointments. And it was, I think, I mean, I thought it through, you know, and in my mind, it was my way of making sure they could self-advocate medically when they got to college and beyond. Mm. Because, you know, I looked at my life and I was like, I spend a lot of time dealing with their issues. My boys all played football and lacrosse that my daughter swam competitively. So they all had like injuries and things, you know, that they had to deal with. So it was something that I thought was a good idea. And now that I've watched it play out in my children, it was a brilliant idea. These kids all got to college. Nobody ever called me about something medical. They all just figure it out and they do it and they're able to kind of go through the process. But by doing it when they're in high school, it allows you to, you know, oversee it. And so. It really helped, I think, because it just got them to practice that muscle of wow. how do they do it? What's the cadence of making appointments, keeping their appointments? I mean, to the point where if they skipped an appointment and there was a fee, they were paying that fee, you know, like I wasn't. And well, I'm so like, I'm past that. But that would have been a good tip. Yeah. <laughs> I did not do that. You know what I did?
1: I did the opposite. I, <laughs> I would schedule until last year. I would have four dentist appointments back to back. Oh, one thing is, yeah. So they were all the same day, 30 minutes. Yeah. So I would go one place, one time they would go in and I actually got to the point where the oldest was driving them and I would just meet them there. I signed the papers. They got to talk to the doctor, please tell them what issues you're having. And I would observe, but I did it on my schedule and I do it six, seven months in advance. And I just do it all at one time. So your way gives them more autonomy. My way gives me more autonomy. And then I didn't have them all over the world or all over the calendar. Exactly. Um, But the key was to rein it in because it's too much. Right.
0: Right. Well, and I didn't didn't go to those appointments once they were juniors, you know, and we had signed paperwork in Washington kids. You know, I can't have access to any of their medical records unless they agree after Mm. they're 13 in Washington. Oh, my gosh. I know it's kind of Early, that's, but, um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so but, I mean, we signed all the paperwork, and then the doctors would just call me. We'd actually set up a phone appointments. All their medical providers were super nice, oh, and. Wow. Yeah. So they would just call me and let me know if there was anything. And sometimes they wouldn't. Like if there was yeah. nothing, you know, they might shoot me an after visit yeah. note and just say everything's fine. These are the vaccinations we did or whatever. Yeah. Oh my it, God, they authorize their own vaccinations. They do in Washington. Absolutely.
1: Oh, my God. No, I couldn't have done that. But you know what? Whatever works. Everything's good. Right. And also, you know what? That's another thing that I kind of did. Yeah. So I did it differently than you, but whatever works. And for me, I knew like the pediatrician is my friend. Right. And so again, I would group the appointments. I made them right. at a time that worked with my schedule and with the kids schedule. And she was very accommodating. And sometimes I just text her, she can do the refill. So I have these kind of yeah. relationships that again, and it was really it was less about them. It was more about my work and my schedule. And I wanted to get that done, but it couldn't be overwhelming for me. And I knew that wasn't Jim's thing. Right. Jim just doesn't, right. that's not Jim's thing. He's not going to do that. Right. I could barely get him to go to where he needs to right. go. Exactly. So for me, I did it where I had the schedule and I had sort of the control over it. Right. And then, yeah, my son had to sort of figure that I was a little bit of a surprise by freshman year. He was like, oh, I need to do this. Okay. Well, you need to call. Well, who do I call? Well, I shared the information with you. This is the doctor. You can let them know you've been there before. So, so they're starting, but it was new as opposed to having
0: done it before. I don't think I could have done it sooner. I
1: think they might have been able to, but I don't think I could have.
0: Well, and I think one thing for me is different. I have that flip where you have the three boys and the youngest daughter, whereas our oldest is a girl. and she was so independent. I mean, fiercely independent. And so she really set the stage for a level of independence and autonomy. And the boys almost followed suit because it was kind of expected, but it was more of a Okay, we can't be these, you know, (laughs) typical like don't know things. Yeah. I mean, so they really had to get on board with the independence train. And the baby who is a boy was wildly independent, which is strange for the youngest. But I think because of my work schedule, he just became so independent. He was able to do things and he would just be like, Mom, why are we having this conversation? Like, obviously, I know how to do this. I got it. I'd be
1: like, oh, That's cool. okay. That's nice. And I think it's great that they got to observe that. I think mine were so close together. I don't know. I don't right. know about the age gap, but it was, that, I think that made it different. And they were, they were, they have very different personalities. Right. And so I set the tone more than them, I think in a number of ways. So, right. I, you know, when I knew something was coming up and I think partly it's because of my childhood. I think my parents sure. love them and they, they did an amazing job. But they were not as organized when it came to like picture day or the dentist or the eye doctor. Like there was no coordination. It was just miscellaneous, random, chaotic. And I couldn't have that. That's not my personality. That's not my style. That's not how I run my work or my home. And so for me, it was all like, okay, we have dentist appointments. This is when I and I even texted them the schedule. Oh, we're busy that day. No, this is the schedule. If you would like to change it, you may call the doctor. But this is the schedule. Right. So I had to. So I reined it in because I felt like if I didn't do that, it would be chaotic, and I, they wouldn't right. do it. I wouldn't do it, and we were just too busy. and And I didn't like that in my child. I didn't like that part. I liked the, right. the order, and I would have preferred that. And so I did what I thought I would have wanted. But and I think they benefited greatly from it. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Totally so, so that made this part easier. But I do think maybe it made the train to adulthood maybe not as not as fast, but it is coming. The train was coming anyway. Absolutely. And And they don't get on board. Yeah. 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 They saw me do it. So they knew someone did it. You know what I mean? Yep. I remember one of them said, one of my boys said something like, Well, how am I going to do this when I get to college? I said, Well, that's the whole point. (laughs) That's the whole point of college. That's you. Exactly. You know? And then I just walked away because I'm like, see? Like that's all I can offer you. Right. Peace <laughs> out. It's not like, yeah, it's not like things. It's like when we first had the babies, Jim would say he said something really funny to me about money this is really cool. Like I opened the door and there are always diapers and like this diaper thing that stores all the diapers. It's like that's so great that it's always in there. Well, how do you think the diapers got in there? You think like a diaper genie comes in every yes. week? That's me. Before I go to bed, I stock the diapers. You know, so it's like chaotic the next day. Isn't that funny? It's
0: so typical <laughs> oh, that, yes. and it's so I true. Mean, it's so part of that whole emotional labor and work that goes in in the background of many homes, I think. Yes. Where many times and obviously not always, I don't mean to be so stereotypical to say that men don't ever do it. But I definitely think women carry the brunt of that in many, many homes. And there's an interesting Oh, and there is such an interesting book by, she's an attorney as well. She's a Harvard grad named Eve Rodsky, who wrote a book named Fair Play, which is so amazing about the dynamics at home. And she actually has a book and a card game. And it is so interesting because her whole model is instead of women either doing it all or like many women, they delegate it to their husbands. You know, they're still thinking about it all. And they're just delegating or parsing out certain tasks. Mm -hmm. She her whole thing about fair play is literally dividing the work, but fully so that each party has certain things that they own from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the example being like, maybe your husband, you know, picks up a child from baseball practice or softball practice or whatever. And many women are like, oh, look at this, you know, so-and-so is picking up the kids from practice. But we fail to really help the other party in our relationship understand There's signing the kid up for practice. There's finding the team in the first place. There's buying the uniform. There's fitting the uniforms. There's buying coaches gift. There's getting on the email list. There's setting up the carpool. You know, there's getting the physicals that the documents you need sign i mean there's so much work that goes into like joining a softball team that picking them up from practice is such a tiny part of it and but actually getting other partners to do the whole task and i just thought it was game changing i wish i could have had that mentality when my children were little yeah you know
1: i've not read that book it probably make me angry now so maybe i won't maybe i'll pass on that right now Um, and I had a, I have a pretty good partner, but you know what? I don't know how to explain it. It's um, I just think about those things differently. I think he had a childhood where his mom took care of those things and dad went to work. And even when his mom went to work, she had a, you know, she was a teacher, she had a different schedule. she was available in a different way. Teacher hours, right. Different, Different, just a different kind of like structure. And so for us, and and I'm so particular. I think yeah. that there are times when, you know, and I know that about myself. And I think that it can make it hard for someone to just sort of Absolutely. enter that world yep. and be like, well, I was trying to be helpful. Well, that was all wrong. I, I wish you hadn't done that. That was not right. what I not helpful. <laughs> I didn't want that. Now I have to undo that. But I appreciate you trying to help, but don't do it like
0: that. And that's very time consuming for me. It is. And so, I mean, you do have to know yourself. Do you know what I mean? Because I think some women are, in women, again, it's stereotypical. We do tend to be kind of controlling about a lot of these things, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if that's true across the board. I just
1: know about me. I know that I was. And it helped me because, again, I I didn't have that. I didn't have that structure. And I wanted it. And I thought the only way I would have it is if. I create. created it, And so yeah. I did, and I did that for myself and that helped me. Right. Right. And I think when your partner sees that, then your partner's like, oh, she's good at it. She's doing it. You know, that's fine. As opposed to something else. Yeah. How could I, right. I'll just, I just won't do that. Well, I mean, even last night, even last night, I, <laughs> I had to, someone had to, <laughs> I could have waited, but I didn't, I wanted it done like the insurance on the kids Chromebook for school. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was one of the zillion email. Oh my God. Before school starts, there are zillions of things oh, that have to happen. It's like a part-time job keeping it up. Really, it really is. And I get these emails from the teachers and they're lovely emails, but none of them say what school, what grade, even a totally. child's name. It's just, they send a generic email. Do you know, I have four kids in different places. I got yep. I gotta spend five minutes to figure out who you are. So anyway, oh just goodness. even that, that, is this the right email for this child? Anyway, um, so we're all learning, especially with the online stuff. That was a struggle. Like who needs what? Yeah, you're laughing, but some of it. And, and my kids were older. My God, imagine the younger, younger kids. I can't, uh, but anyway, just can't even doing good. like the Chromebook insurance, just like little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that goes on my list because I know it has to get done. Now, it might happen by somebody else, but I don't think so. So I'm just going to do it. And then I know it's done. So, you know, there are bigger things with college and sports and all of that, and we'll grow into it. We'll grow into it. What needs to happen? But I naturally think of those things as things that need to be done, whereas my partner might not and doesn't. I know that. Um, exactly. Unless I say, hey, this has to happen. And I don't know
0: why. It's just not built that way. Right. So because I think of it, then I assign I do it. think. I do think this book helps people, especially younger couples, you know, people not like you and I who've kind of been in these longer term things, but people who are really young and even like prior to marriage. I think it is great for people to think about these things and talk about them because I think you just hit the nail on the head so well. It so depends on our family of origins, you know, like. What did it look like in our own home? And so what are we even thinking is normal, not normal? What might we be rebelling against? What might we be emulating? You know, and I think Eve's book and card game are just such a great way to open the conversation so young couples can really talk about these things. I mean, probably as a family law attorney, I'm a little biased. I see so many divorces and I feel like so much of the time I'm like, oh, my gosh you two could work this out if you could just communicate about all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. The communication is huge. And I think a lot of times
1: people don't, they push that stuff down. Yeah. They get resentful. You know, I have a couple of friends going through divorces right now and it's really tough because I didn't see them coming. I didn't see it coming, right. but I think a lot of it's because it was pushed down. And so, yeah, you got to find the sort of
0: the, the time to do that, the opportunity to do that. And the sooner the better, because the longer it is, oh, the, the, harder, the harder. Absolutely. The harder and I thought it was brilliant to actually create a card game, you know, where you so can interesting. Oh my talk God. About yeah. these things and what a bring smart it up. lady. Is oh, she married? Does she have kids? She, she is <laughs> married with children. Yeah. She's a lovely person. And that's cool. Really has just, I think, brought an amazing resource to the conversation of equality in the home and how do you work it out? Like what works for each family and how do you work to your strengths? You know, because we don't all have the same strengths and figuring all that out, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's- so now you have to answer. I mean, I just, I mean, as the member of Maximum Lawyer, I have to ask you because as you know, you probably know, Jim gets harassed relentlessly for her, his Birkenstocks and socks. Oh, my God. Like He's so wonderful, though. He's got the best attitude. And being a Pacific Northwest resident, I'm a huge fan of Birkenstocks and socks. I mean, we (laughs) all wear them. Do you approve this attire as he goes out the house or is he on his own with this? This is
1: ridiculous. I don't understand why he does this, but I love him. And I got a lot of other things to deal with. So I'm not in charge of his wardrobe. But yeah, he's comfortable and he's happy, and it's his personality. That's awesome. It's easy I that. with that. I do have, you know, if we're going to a certain place or something else, it's not going to work. And well, he generally
0: know, knows. It is so funny. I find. I mean, my husband recently, we were going out to dinner somewhere, and he had on shorts, and yeah, I was like, "You can't really wear shorts as a grown man to a restaurant." Oh my god! And, it, and he was time. like we were in California. So he was like, it's fine. It's casual, you know, whatever. And we were picking up my Marine son. And it was interesting because he actually brought pants. And so my son who's like, you know, 21, 22, he says, oh, I would never wear shorts out to eat. And I was like, yes. I'm." Like, <laughs> oh my
1: God. That's so funny. Yeah, Jim loves his shorts. I'm not going to mess with his shorts. Oh no. And my boys <laughs> similarly follow the shorts protocol.
0: Yes. It's so funny. Well, tell us a little bit about, I mean, if you could tell us one thing that you have learned, like a takeaway for you of being a mom, a lawyer, you know, running this law firm with Jim. I mean, what is one piece of advice you could give our listeners as you're juggling all of this? And I mean, you with so many children, you have such rich experience in this area.
1: Wow. That's a good question. Let's see. Well, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and a little bit of a control person. And so that's really hard for me. And I've had to really work at letting go of some of that. And I think sending the kids to college has really, like, that's helping me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know where you are. I mean, I still have apps and things to track, which is (laughs) because I'm like that. And safety, it's about safety. It's not about stalking. It's about safety. And so, but I have had to, you know, my boys are thousands of miles away and I just have to trust and have faith that they're going to do what they think is best and being able to let go. And it's not perfect. Everything is not, and it's okay because you're going to have to learn. And it's, you know, making mistakes is okay. And that really is hard for me too. You know, I don't like to deal with mistakes, even though it's what I do in my job. Right. it takes all time. I don't know. I don't like them. And so I work really hard not to make a mistake, but then you don't want to miss something because you're so busy trying not to make a mistake that you missed an opportunity or you missed a chance. And so for me, it's okay to not be perfect. And, right. and there's no such thing is perfect and who, who the heck is perfect. And it's not there. I do, I am hard on myself. And so I, I yeah. think it's important to remember to be kind to yourself. You know, we we try to be kind to other people but we forget to be kind to ourselves. And totally. so we have lots of little pieces of advice, but that taking a breath, pausing, letting go as best you can. I know it's hard.
0: So hard. It and is. Being
1: kind, being kind to yourself, giving yourself that time, the courtesy that we give to our clients, the courtesy we give to our kids and their spouse. I don't think we'd really do a good job, at least for me. I'm not very good at that, but I'm getting better. You know, And as I get older and as my kids are getting older and being more independent, I'm finding that, that's good for me. Like that's not, it doesn't have to be guilt-ridden. I don't have to feel bad that I wasn't doing that, but to do the best you can with what you have and then, and then to try to let go. But it's so hard. I say it knowing it's so hard and then communication.
0: yeah. Yeah. I think you really recognizing how hard it is coming from somebody like you who is so, you know, you look at your career path and you've been so successful, your family, just feels so successful. I mean, they're, every time I see a picture of your children, they're smiling. I mean, you all just seem to really do a great job, but how you really understand how hard things are and they are not perfect. And I mean, I think failure is one of our best teachers. I mean, I have oh, to yeah. say, oh, yeah, you know, sure. m- making those mistakes and learning from them and really normalizing failure, for your children too, you know, so that they can become resilient and gritty and learn to make their own mistakes and learn from them.
1: So hard to do. It's so hard to watch. It's the hardest thing I think is watching your child do something and that you don't agree with. And I've said it, I've said it to my clients. Yeah. I don't agree with this. You can do this. It's your choice. I want you to be aware of the risks. I will not be supporting this. I will not put my name on this. I won't, you know, but it is your choice. You're a grown up you can do that. Absolutely. So if you still feel that way, then you should go ahead. But yeah. I want the record to show that right. I did not authorize it. And that's hard for me to do, but I'd it much is. rather do that than just play along. And so that's the, the communication to me is the honesty that I have with my kids. Like you want to do this. I'm not paying for that. I yep. pay for this. And actually before they went to college, a little contract is, this is what I'm going to do. This is what Jim and I are going to do. And this is what you're going to do. And yep. as long as that all works out, then you're fine. And if it doesn't, then I don't have to support it. I always love you. I totally. Emotionally, but I don't have to give you the check. I don't have to exactly. transfer that money, right? I have the right to do that, but that's so hard as a parent. too. It it's so hard. It's so
0: hard. Hard. It is really hard, but I think it's critical because yeah. I mean, I look at college and the investment we parents put into that really as extra. You know what I mean? Like these children are actually adults, you know, when they go off. I know your second son is younger. He's 17, you know, but they're, they definitely can do certain things and reach certain things. I mean, I struggled with that, trying to figure out what is the, the grade point average? Like, am I willing to pay for, you know, this level of grades versus that level of grades? Or is it a based on effort or, you know, how do we determine all those things? Because, To me, it's not a good investment to pay for school if my child is not working reasonably hard and trying. I totally agree
1: with that. It's a total investment. And I have a right to that information. I have a right to that with, albeit with, you know, some restrictions on my part. You know, I'm not checking in every day to make sure you turned in your assignment like I did a year ago. Right. But sadly, a year or two ago, I'm still, why isn't this turned in? Like, I'm not doing that anymore. But there are real life consequences for these things. Um, It's very hard to learn because you don't want to push too hard then that they lose Interest, or they're like, okay, yeah. fine, you know, but you also don't want them to walk all over you and think money is just, you know, exactly. just right there. You know, they need to understand that. And I think they do. And I think because they've lived with us and because they've seen us, you know, for me, it was always really important that my kids saw how hard I worked, just like I saw how totally. hard my parents worked, right? Like, yes, you know, I'm not digging ditches every day, it's a different kind of hard, but it's hard. You know, we deal with people's lives every day and their children and their families and their work and what is going to become of them. Their future is in our hands. So that's a
0: a huge responsibility. And you're showing up. I mean, you're actually working every day. I mean you know, like you take your work seriously. Well, it was interesting because that is one of the reasons my son who's in the Marines cited was when he told me after his freshman semester of college, I'm dropping out of school, I'm joining the Marines. I wanted to serve the country. That's what I'm going to do. And I was like, why are you doing that? You know, like I was kind of surprised and he, he said, I'm just not into this. And he goes, it's truly a bad investment for you. I mean, he goes, I am not into it. I'm not doing my best. He goes, you know, yeah, I'm making bees. You know, I'm doing all right, but I'm just not into it. And he goes, I don't think you should be spending this money. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But I was like, you don't have to join the Marines. Right. There's there's some other things in between. Get just a day job if you want. But he was like, no, he's like, I want to serve the country like I've wanted to do that. And this is my opportunity. And I'm I'm going. And I was like, okay, more power to you. But, I, um, uh, yeah. you know, but I depression. thought that was interesting that in his mind, he even saw the investment piece because I do think it is that. And I don't yeah. think, you know, our children are entitled to go to school for four years and not do well or try to do well. You know what I mean? Put in the effort. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, they saw I mean, they saw the results of our effort and what we right. You know what
0: I mean. I mean, that's kind
1: of what they're reaping, too, is what. What's, what we set as expectations at home? What right. their expectations for themselves? They want to be successful. Right? they want to be successful. They want to, you know, please us, even though they act like they don't. <laughs> there are all these things. We just need to keep that open and let them right. let them grow in their own way. But it's very hard not to want to control that too. It's very very hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even my son, my, my the one who just left, he was debating. He couldn't decide like where to go to college, and was really really kind of a tough parenting moment where it's like, we got to pay a deposit like in a few days. (laughs) So you need to make a decision. And he's like, why don't you just tell me where you want me to go? That's, that's not for me to say. And I don't want to be responsible for that. Like you need to make the decision, but he's such an intellectual guy and he was debating from lots of different angles and he had all these different things. And so we just processed it, you know, like I just talked it through with him and we processed it, but I didn't want to make the decision. I think end, he made a good not. decision for himself, and um, oh yeah, it's and I hope it works out. School. It's only been a week or a week, <laughs> I but still, like that had to be on him, right? Absolutely. But how interesting—he was trying to get me to say, "I'm like, oh no, I'm not falling for that." Oh no, <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> And I have a strong personality. Like I would like, it's easier for me just to say, "Okay, let's just do this." Come on, but yeah, you know, he processes things differently. He thinks differently, and he's different than my older son, who was dead set on something else. You know, he wasn't. He just had lots of other things in there. So it is give them the room to do that.
0: Well, it's fascinating. I think, and I didn't realize just how different children could be. I mean, you know, I had some kids who applied to 10, 12 colleges and they were looking at different, whereas my last one, literally we visited the school he's at a month before the pandemic started. Well, really like 10 days before the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. And he loved it, came home and was like, that is the school I'm going to. I'm applying as soon as the application opens. And if I get in, that's that. Then the pandemic hit, you know, whatever, everything kind of shut down. And he stuck with that. And he applied like August 1st before he started his senior year, got in. And his entire senior year, he knew where he was going. Wow. He not apply to another school. I could not get to apply to a different school. And he's like, why would I do that? He's like, this is where I want to go. I do not need 10 colleges to tell me I got in or I didn't get in. He's like. Don't need it. Don't want it. This is where I want to go. And I'm not worrying about engineering, mechanical engineering at Kettering in Michigan. And so he was just so dead set. And I was like, you might regret this decision having not applied to the other schools that you've looked at, like Purdue, Colorado School of Mines, other engineering schools. But he was like, if I regret it, I'll maybe file an application later and transfer. He's just like, he's so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. that's my first son. He just wanted to go
1: to California. You said that's in California. That's in yeah. California. And that's OK. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. OK. I mean, what are you going to do? What do you do? <laughs> exactly. You just yeah. hope It all works out and you're there, whatever happens. And that's the thing. They know that we're right. there for them and, and we support them. But they also know that, you know, if I don't like something, I'm going to tell them I don't like something. So. <laughs>
0: I love that. I have so loved our talk today, Amani. I'm so grateful for the time you shared with us. And I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking to you. It was fun. You made me think about some things I forgot happened. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> right. Well, we should continue this another time. Absolutely. Well, and you have a great week. And I look forward to hearing how both your sons are doing this year in school. Yes, and you you too.
1: Good luck on your baby, empty nester. Oh my, enjoy.
0: (laughs) I might need some tips here pretty soon. (laughs) Yeah, you have a great week, and give Jim my best. We'll do. Thanks so much. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom Podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.